Hey guys, I'm Garrett. And I'm Jason, and welcome to the Small Town Pilgrims Podcast. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So, get ready for the truth. Hey guys, welcome to episode 24 of Small Town Pilgrims. My name is Jason. And my name is Garrett. And you are on the final countdown. <laughs> it cut out. It's so loud. Um, <laughs> welcome to the finale of season one of Small Town Pilgrims. Um, unfortunately, James couldn't join us this week. He had a, uh, his grandmother passed away, so he's having to deal with a, uh, family issues and taking care of family coming in and everything. So we're praying for him and his family that, that God would comfort them during this time. Um, so that's why we didn't have an episode come out on Tuesday. Um, but we are going to th- give you quite possibly the best podcast in history tonight, because this is the season finale free for all. And we're going to go crazy up in there. <laughs> we're going crazy up in there. So, um, wanted to quickly cover, since we didn't get to have a, a sermon uh, recap service, yeah. let's do that. We'll do a little bit of that. And we'll just see where it takes us. Hey, <laughs> you know, I mean, we could be, uh, we could, it, this could turn into a, a uh, healing service for all we know. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> uh, won't be no prophecy given out tonight, except for the prophetic giving of his word. But anyway, so uh, I'll ask you the the question that you've uh, dreaded ever since we started podcast. Give it to me. So what'd you think of the sermon? I hated it. it's it's part let's see what's the word it is i'm not sure of the word because i'm not educated but makes sense yeah so what what we talked about was why we must believe the bible Mm mm-hmm and that is at the very basis of being a Christian. Yeah. Is you must believe the Bible. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you're not Christian. That's right. Darksiders. <laughs> Darksiders. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's very, uh, I mean, it's, I guess, like kind of, no, that's not right. About to refer it to like the Apostles' Creed is the the least amount you can believe, yeah. but that's not accurate. Well, I think I think I see what you're saying because really the Bible has to be the basic, yeah, beginning. Even though it gives you all you need to know, right? Just <clears throat> affirming yes okay, the Bible is the truth is the start of that, that kind of search, you know, of course we know repenting and trusting in Christ is, is where we all begin our Christianity. But if we're going to be a believer, what we know that helps us become a believer has to come from the Bible and the gospel. Right. Um, you know, this being Reformation Month, you know, I'm so, you know, how big I am on those old-timer guys, those old dead dudes that teach and us so much. King James Bible. Oh, no. <laughs> Give me that King James Bible. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm big on those dead dudes. Mm-hmm. That Especially those reformers who died just to give us the Bible in our language. Yep. I think they're so important. And I think we, 
in the modern church have just kind of done away with that history that we have that would be so beneficial if we just learned some of it. Yeah. You know, I think whenever we were starting our faithful men and we got into, you know, the, the fathers of the, of the faith, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tyndale. Yeah. Which was just my favorite one. He, he's, he's one of my favorites as well. Yeah. And, 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 and the reason why is because what he said to that, Catholic cleric <laughs> yeah. priest. I mean, and I, I don't know if you've watched the uh, God's Outlaw. Have you watched God's Outlaw on Prime? Yeah. yeah. When he looks at that dude and he's so serious and he said, If God spare my life, ere many years, I will cause a boy who drives a plow to know more of the scriptures than you do. I was like, Boom, <laughs> boom, shakalaka. He's one Whoa, guy. Now he's speaking in tongues. No, I didn't say sha na 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 na. I said oh. shakalaka. So I'm like, you know, it's like, man, he, he cared so much not to get his name out about what he had done by translating the Bible. It wasn't even about that. What it was about was getting that Bible in the hands of a common man so a common man could look at it and just know who God was. Not yeah. who the priest told him God was, but he could know himself who God was. Right. And, you know, that's why I love Tyndale and, you know, and all the other reformers who, who fought to get the Bible in our hands. And, you know, I used in, in my sermon, I used that uh, as, as just kind of a tool. I rewatched that sermon by Bodie Bauckham. Why, why should I believe the Bible? Yeah. Um, and of course he, he says the thing that is the best answer I've ever heard to that question. Right. I choose to believe the Bible because it is a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. They report supernatural events that took place in fulfillment of specific prophecies and claimed that their writings were divine rather than human in origin. That is the best answer I've ever heard for why should I believe the Bible? Ever in my life. I've never been taught anything like that. <laughs> no. Um, we've been told... I tried it and it worked for me. Right. Well, what'd you try? <laughs> uh, uh, Bible. Bible. I, I Bibled. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. This is the infallible word of God. This is, I mean, you know, I went into a, a lot of statistics. You know, I hope I didn't lose our people when I did it, but I couldn't help it. Right. Because a lot for one thing a lot of people don't know a lot of those things so they're confronted by those atheists who say well the the bible was written to the council of nicaea well guess what that was the final putting together of the canon fake news fake fake news <laughs> that was just the final putting together of it right. it had been being written for a long time and they had canonized it for a long time. And it wasn't just something made up. Right. You know, I talked about the reliability of the manuscripts, but let's look at the, at the scripture I use. Uh, yeah, and real quick, uh, I remember Jeff Durbin talking about uh, Polycarp. Oh, Polly. And him reading the text to other people so how can it not be written <laughs> I, I, I don't see it and see people who don't know polycarp polycarp was a disciple of i don't know why siri came on right then polycarp <laughs> was a disciple of john yeah so he was taking the writings of the person who he learned under and teaching those things, you know, huh. written by what witnesses in the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. Um, 
Now hear the infallible inspired word of God. Second Peter 1, 16 through 21 says, For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain, and we had the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. We prayed that God would sanctify all of us by his truth, his word is truth. That being said, it wasn't a myth. They didn't just come right. up with this stuff. It's reliable. You know, this is the first time I've ever in, in my sermon notes put a chart. <laughs> I made a chart because of how reliable our Bible is. You know, we talked about the works of Aristotle, Plato, and Homer's Iliad, all not being nearly as trustworthy as the New Testament. But that's what they teach in the schools yeah they teach aristotle plato <clears throat> homer's iliad those are reliable to them yet the ma original manuscripts are much less reliable than the, the new testament manuscripts yep and and here's the thing you know i don't i didn't mention this in the sermon i think we've allowed this throughout christianity the more we've taken away the importance of the intellect and the mind in the process of, of Bible study, Bible learning, Bible preaching. We've tried to make it into a heart uh, religion and not a head religion at all. We've got to take all your head out of it. It's a blind faith. It's not blind. We have so much physical, literal, historical, literary evidence and proof we can trust this thing. Right. We don't have to blind faith it. We we have the most solid faith in the world. It's the others who have all this existential stuff and you know due to actually yeah. died. Yeah, one thing that uh always gets me when they talk about evolution and how it's not a faith to believe that. Talk about a blind faith. That's blind faith. <laughs> Tell me this. Where's my tail? Don't show it if you got it. I ain't showing my tail. <laughs> because I don't have one. Right. Okay? That's the question. We don't ask anymore. That's the question. They used to fight. <clears throat> Where's my tail? Right. Because it just disappears. You know, th this is the thing. If evolution was a deal, why has evolution not been recorded in the past, what, five, 6,000 years? Right. There's been no more evolution. Why haven't we evolved anymore? <laughs> okay. I can't answer that. <laughs> exactly. You know why? Because you're not stupid. You don't oh. have blind faith. You have real faith. Right. We can trust something that's true. We have a word that is true. You know what I mean? Hey, man. So, also the eyewitness thing, you know. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul talks about delivering what was the first importance. Right. And he talks about how out of those 500 who saw Christ ascend, that many of them were still alive. They're still alive. They've heard the words of Christ. They're seeing what's been taught and what's being written. The things that we have contained in our Bible are there. Yet, 
nobody came up at any point and said, this is all lies. This isn't true. <laughs> now, what they did do is try to twist what was said. Well, and but that wasn't those witnesses. <clears throat> right, no, that was not, the Gnostics who came later right. with this special knowledge. Yeah. You know, those who were eyewitnesses testify to the truth. Yeah. What they're right, it's right. Yeah. We're not going to argue with it. That's it. And, you know, so many people talk about, you know, why these? Why were these picked? Why were so many other things thrown out? Well, they were extra biblical. They weren't apostolic writings, for one thing. And this, what we have contained in our Bible, is what they had in those old churches. You know, the, the original churches, it was almost in the same form, too, in the same order. But that's what they had in their churches. That's what they used as their scriptures. And we don't trust the old church anymore. We don't trust the original church. You know, Bill Johnson right. and his lot think that, you know, we're so much smarter now in this modern age. We've got, we've had so much more time to have more revelation. Well, guess who else thinks they have more revelation? The Mormons. <laughs> Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah. These these people think they have more. <clears throat> yeah. No, we have the Bible. We have church, uh, a robust church history of defending the Bible. Yep. We have councils defending the truth of Scripture against heresy, against Gnosticism heresy, against Arianism heresy, against... Marcionism heresy, modalism heresy, all these heresies that have been fought in the original church. And now we're starting to adopt that stuff back in because we've gone away from a true trust in what our Bible tells us because we want new revelation. And we want people to feel good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's nice. It's okay to feel good sometimes, but. Well, it's like I was talking the other night with with a with somebody um, we were counseling with and talking with about you know church and and those things and yeah and membership. Um, I went from listening to preachers who had these dynamic sermons, right, and they made me feel good because they talked about a God who I liked. I identified with these guys. These guys were cool. They would challenge, you know, challenge the system, say things that were kind of close to making me uncomfortable. So I was like, yeah, these are cool guys. And then when I started coming into the word, the, a, a more true understanding of the gospel, I'll never forget. And I think I even text you that night. I was cooking supper and I had a Paul Washer sermon play in. Yeah. It was from G3. I was cooking. I had to stop and grab a hold of the counter because of the conviction of the Holy Spirit on my own heart of just not reverencing God nearly as much as I should. That felt good <laughs> to feel a conviction to reverence my God more. Right. Didn't make me feel good about myself. It made me realize I need to reverence God more, which made me feel good that, hey, he still cares enough to convict me of my sin. So we change our ideas on feel good, I think, too, when we get into a, a truer knowledge of the word. Right. You know, we can still feel good, but guess what? Your feel good is a different type of feel good. <laughs> So, you know, we go for It's not a selfish. Yeah. Feel good. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> we become zealous after the things of God. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's how I'm supposed to be. That's what I'm made to do yeah. is worship him and lift him up and glorify him. And that's a good thing. You know, they talked about in, in, in scripture, they talked about these supernatural events that could never have. You can't make this stuff up. Right. You know what I mean? You can't make this stuff up. 
and they were so so it, it affected them so much that they um knew that they had to put it on paper they had to make it scripture because scripture could be trusted they had experiences if they just went off to church to church to church being like god told me something new this is a revelation of who he is no they put it to paper right and what did the bereans do they took those teachings they compared it to old testament scripture and then they could say without a doubt this is from god right because scripture interprets scripture right we need some more bereans brother do we ever and i and i pray that that's a, that's a spirit that i have in my own heart and i feel like it is as yeah. cautious and i feel like we both as we were both becoming reformed i feel like we both had that berean spirit because we didn't just jump off into new things no it took time yeah we had to see it in scripture and then not only did we see it in scripture and just decide this was it if we started believing something me and you would discuss let's talk about this <laughs> we would challenge each other you know what i mean yeah and then we realized okay yeah can't argue with scripture and when we saw it in scripture that's when our theology began to line up with what the word of god said so you know that's what's cool about this too you know it talks about prophecy and it says that no prophecy just came from somebody's you know where they felt about something now that's right. you go back to jeremiah just what Jeremiah was dealing with was these prophets who were just talking about what they felt like. Yeah. And that's what we deal with right now with these churches like Bethel and all these people with their grace Zion or something. something uh, what is it? Uh, what is it? <laughs> something Zion international. Yeah. House of pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is an IHOP international house right. of prayer. Uh, what is it? Something Zion. Let me look at that real quick. I gotta look at that. Okay. Yeah, this is this makes for compelling, <laughs> compelling. Ah, glory of Zion. Glory, glory of Zion International, and their weird prophecies that don't make any sense. <laughs> Dude, you sit and listen to these these modern day prophets giving these words and using terminology that isn't biblical for one thing. Well, that's just, it's thing, just words. It's like word salad, like you call. I think you've called it that word salad that they just spit out word salad. It's yeah. like word vomit, right? It's just blah, 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 blah. and you're just like, what are they saying? And then here's what I do sometimes. I, I, I go back in my mind in time to the time when I was involved in that charismatic prophecy movement. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching this and I'm sitting there thinking, I have heard so many sermons just like this, so many times of prophecy just like this. And I th sit there and think in my head about how, how was I reacting to this? How did I even think this was a real thing? This is stupid. This is ridiculous. You know, and and I even remember some of those, you know, some of the weird things that you see go on with that prophecy movement, like the weird things they'll do in services that seem to take forever. And I remember being like, this is taking forever. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> so is that uh, the Chris Rosebro video I, I think it was the october one prophecy bingo today where they talked about the jezebel being captured oh my goodness <laughs> everybody just stands up like shouting like it's awesome and they're like what are they clapping for what does this mean and like if you go to gloria zion you'll see just the names of their videos you're like, 
this doesn't even make sense. And then they're in the middle of singing a song in tongues. And somebody goes slinging across the stage with a flag, dancing. And then there's people with sticks hitting the floor and doing weird dances, looking like Rafiki up there. And, and here comes old Chuck. And he says something that doesn't make sense. And he says something that doesn't make sense. And the crowd goes wild. Okay. That guys is not the prophecy of the Bible. This word prophecy, as it's stated in the, in these verses, it means the gift of communicating and enforcing revealed truth. Already revealed. Revealed truth. That's past tense. Where's it revealed? In the word. Word of God. Word of God. Truth comes from one place. The word of God. How do I know that? Sanctifies by your truth. Your word is truth. Your word said it. is truth. Where's truth? The word. Is there subjective truth? Has everybody got their own truth? No. The word of God is the truth. It reveals the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He was the word made flesh. This word is about him. The word is truth, not weird signs and wonders and prophecies that don't make sense and people can't even follow them. I mean, what good does it do? People can't follow this junk. Makes them money. That's true. That's true. (laughs) So John Calvin said something about it. I thought was really good talking about the truth of the word of God and what the writers were writing here. He says, um, when he says that, um, it didn't come from man's own interpretation. It wasn't saying that man isn't supposed to try and interpret what the word of God is saying, where it's difficult, we're supposed to try and use all of our tools and resources to try and interpret what it's trying to say to us as part of studying the word of God. But what he was saying is that it means that he means that it, it is not godly for them to come out with something out of their own heads. So what they're writing in the scripture is not just something just out of their own heads. They are being led by the Holy spirit to write every single thing they're writing. Right. And as we know in this, you know, in, in second Peter, the point of the whole letter that Peter wrote was the battle, false teaching and heresy and, pro- and emotionalism and Gnosticism and all these things that were coming against the early church, just as they come against the church now. But yep. We can know that every part of it is inspired from Genesis to Revelation because 40 writers over 1,500 years across three continents wrote one cohesive book with one theme of redemption of man. No contradictions. I don't care what anybody says. People try and say there's contradictions. You haven't studied the Word of God if you think that it's full of contradictions. You must understand there's there's pre-redemption and post-redemption things. There's things that happened before a covenant was cut. That's not a contradiction. That's a change in, in, in state of man. But there's no contradictions. You, If you read the word, all of it, you know that, that there's no contradictions. There's a cohesive unit of text leading us to the same place, Jesus Christ. And him crucified. Yeah. And New Testament writers, even in a lot of their stuff, they're quoting Old Testament. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all there. Well, I mean, let's let's think about it critically here. Um, how do we know that Jesus is the Christ? From the Old Testament. The Old Testament prophecies. He fulfilled them. Therefore. Yeah. 
he's the Christ. What if we don't have those? We don't, we have nothing to judge. from. We have nothing to judge. That's when our faith gets crazy. Yeah. You know, but like we, we have talked about before people wanting to take away the old Testament. Yeah. They're taking away okay. the very confirmation of Christ. Right. <laughs> and I would challenge everybody to get a, a CSB Bible. If you get, um, like I have the Charles Spurgeon edition CSB Bible. CSB, what I like that they did was throughout the New Testament, if there's something bold print, it's a quote from the Old Testament. Yeah. And that's neat. And you see it all through the New Testament. Christ's own words, him quoting the Old Testament. I thought you were going to say KJV. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be enthralling for our podcast listeners. Oh, yeah. Um, But the Bible reveals, reveals God has a central theme of redemption. It reveals clearly who Christ is through the gospel. And it's the means that the Holy Spirit uses to teach us. Without a doubt. No doubt about it. The Bible is essential. There we go. That's the word I was looking for at the beginning. Essential. Not essential oils. We know how big you are on those. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the only kind of oils I got is what's coming out of my head. Yeah, you're a head oil. You shiny oils <laughs> on your head. Um, and and I, it ain't cooking fried chicken, I tell you that right now in your house. That's right. That's right. We ain't closing that throat tonight. <laughs> yes. But so why is this old book, old dusty book, so important to us? I came up with four, with five thoughts. Tell me what you think. First of all, it's the hope for our families. It teaches us everything about being a dad, about raising kids in the admonition of the Lord. I mean, it's, it teaches us how to have a family and be a family shepherd. And it's the hope when this world doesn't like the family unit. Speaking of, you know, uh, BLM took that little part off of their website. I heard. No, that they removed that they want to get rid of the uh, nuclear family. Nuclear family. Yeah, I bet they, they did. Took that off. <laughs> I bet they did because they're being exposed. Yeah. And there's so many church uh, church leaders who are bowing down to them that I guess they decided they wanted to try and appeal to that. Also, it's important in the modern day because there's a culture focus. Too focused on culture. Focused on how we fit in, how we look. You know, know, are we doing falling into this category, that category? When the category we need to fall in is 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 born again (laughs) and believing the Bible. That's the important thing to do. Yeah. How'd uh, how'd Tony put it? Uh, how they they got these random lines, and it was like uh, gravy eating. Oh my god! Tony <laughs> Houston, yeah. Uh, the IFB is a um, is a uh, interest of the Small Town Pilgrims podcast. Yep. Um, we may do a series on the IFB if we ever get interest that interested in it i'd love to see us do uh some watch videos of some of those clips oh dude lord have mercy oh they'd love it i'm sure we we get we'd be the subject of some uh in for uh some uh preaching i'm sure but uh second peter two one through three that's what paul goes into uh, peter goes into next after what he talked about about the bible it says, but false prophets also arose among people, 
just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality. And because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle and their destruction is not asleep. So the next three points that I had were protection from heretical teachings. The modern church is so full of heretical teachings. Denying the deity of Christ. Saying that he was not all God, all man, that he laid aside all his deity. No, the Bible says that the fullness of deity dwelt in Christ bodily. He was all God, all man. He had to be in order to be our redeemer. That um, so many different things, heretical teachings in this in modern age. I mean, it's all in the seeker-sensitive movement. I mean, it, it really is seeker-sensitive, modern church, um, the Word of Faith church, the emergent church, all of these movements that are, that are really kind of popular with modern evangelical Christianity go away from a focus on Scripture because they want to answer they want to answer questions only questions people are asking right we're to answer the questions that the word of god poses are you in christ that's the question is the word of god true that's the question right <laughs> so those heretical teachings Bible provides us a, a very clear protection against those things. Somebody comes up teaching something that's false. We should consult the word. I wish I had done that several years ago. Although God is provident in his providence has brought us to where we are now and we're in a good place. Thank goodness because he brought us there. Yeah. And we can teach our kids. Right. And teach them how to measure Right. You know, measure for themselves and see, okay, does this, this line up with the word of God? If it don't, it's heresy. Get rid of it. Leave from it. Whatever you got to do. Um, the next reason I think the Bible is important in the modern day is the rise of experiential and emotionalism. Um, we don't want to see God for who he is revealed in his word. We want to experience things and feel things. And <laughs> yep. And we basically always seeking that experience with God. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, um, in Christ, we will have experiences, but no experience outweighs the power of the word of God. His word is solid. It stands. And we get emotional. We want to, you know, my God would never do that because he's loving and he cares. Yes, he cares, but he is God. He does what he wants. He sits on his throne and does what he wants we got to throw emotion out the window. We got to look at the word of God. And then of course, there's the emphasis on personal revelations and this new thing, this extra biblical revelation that is big in the modern church too. And, you know, the word of God helps us see past that. No, there's no new revelation. God does not reveal anything to us outside of his word. He said, and it's always quoted it with these prophets. Behold, I will do a new thing. Yeah, go ahead and quote that scripture. That scripture is about <laughs> Jesus. He did the new thing. Right. His name was Jesus. Not about capturing Jezebel. No. <laughs> the new thing that he is doing is that he has provided for the redemption of his people through Jesus Christ. And if we we're born again, we we're brand new in him. That's what he's doing. That's the new thing. 
So another thing that I said, and I think I, I hope that it hit home Sunday was don't judge what's true by how you feel about it. Yeah. Judge it by what scripture says about it. Yeah. That's how you know what's true and what's not true. Um, I don't think you gave it, but real quick for our listeners, um, on your little chart you had on there, mm -hmm. if you'll kind of go through that just yeah. for our listeners so they'll know. Yeah. Um, and it's um, actually, it's, it's really cool because it's readily available um, in the back of our uh, CSB. Uh, apologetics apologetics bible which is really cool that it's back there um but looking at manuscript um reliability manuscript reliability right um so what we're looking at is we look at these contemporary works to the bible not necessarily written exactly the same time but in the same area of time the works of Aristotle, we have seven manuscripts in the original language. Um, the closest we have to the original time of writing is 1,400 years from the time it was written. Seven manuscripts in the original language, 1,400 years after it was written, and we call it reliable, and we teach it in the colleges. Works of Plato, a little bit better. 49 manuscripts in the original language, but these were 1,300 years past the time of writing. We call it reliable. We teach it in our colleges. Homer's Iliad, very popular book. 643 manuscripts in the original language. That's pretty good. Yeah. 500 years after the original writings is the earliest. We call it reliable. We let our well, college students you could read. Take, you could take what you said so far with Aristotle and Plato and compare it to them and say, yeah, this probably more than, than those. Yeah, more reliable than them, yeah. Yeah, but. But New Testament, we have at least 5,600 manuscripts in the original language, at least. Yeah. In the earliest date back to no more than 50 years from the time of Christ himself. 50 years. Yeah. Written by eyewitnesses in the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. Yep. This is the most reliable book in the world. In the world, on the planet. New Testament. Scripture and, and Old Testament is reliable too. Ask an Old Testament scholar. It's reliable. You can trust it. So that's that. Trust that Bible, y'all. Trust it. So Yeah, I really suggest people going to get the apologetic study Bible. It's a good one. Yeah. It really helped us out. Me, you and Jesse, all three have one. Don't bring Jesse into this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a uh, he's certified now, y'all. Call Jesse so, for all your personal training needs. He will personally train you. <laughs> personally. Hey, lift lift that over, Yunner. All right, meet me at my house. Uh, we're gonna do some personal personal training sessions. Hey, pick that bag of corn up over there. Carried over there in that feeder. Put over in that feeder. Watch what I can do with my nub. <laughs> I can lift more with this nub than you can lift with your whole body. <laughs> What's that? I heard that. Ears like this, you can't whisper and get nothing by me. Don't you complain. There's corn in there. There's some corn in there. <laughs> oh, Jessica. Yeah, he's a certified personal trainer. We're proud of him. Oh, yeah. Worked hard, did some learning. Got it done. Get her done. Had him a pretty picture on Facebooks. <laughs> Everything. 
You got a pretty picture on Facebook? Yeah, I had a tank top on. I I'm glad I don't have Facebook. <laughs> it's y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so just exciting things coming up for for all of us. Um into November you'll be ordained as a biblical elder in our church as yep. a lay pastor um, taking on the role of disciple, discipleship pastor um, able to teach um, do all the things that a pastor can do something you've been mean you've been working towards for over a year God's really been working in our church and doing a lot of wonderful things and you're gonna get to do it it's time it's time yeah but yeah you know and um that's i mean i think that's awesome i think you know we're gonna we're about to see some really good growth in our church i don't care about numbers the growth right. of, growth we want to see in our church is the growth in the word of god right so we're gonna teach some biblical biblical stuff see there i thought you were throwing out some kind of prophecy nope <laughs> The word for October is fishing pole. We're, we're called to be fishers of men. And we're going to catch him with a fishing pole in this season. And all of a sudden. Hey, man. They're going to start coming in. And all of a sudden, here they come. <laughs> oh. Uh, you guys need to go watch Chris Roseborough fighting for the faith on YouTube. Yeah, it, it, it'll crack you up. It'll wear you out. I can't get enough. I can't either. I watch it all the time. Him and Kozar. Yeah. Kozar too. I watch that too. Watch a little bit of revealing truth. It's yeah. a little shallow at times, but you know, I like it too. It's pretty good. But Rose, bro. Bro. He just loses it sometimes. I like it when he gets really mad and I like it when he just starts cracking up and it's like, what are they talking about? <laughs> and my favorite question he asks, where's that in the text? Where's that in the text? Right. <laughs> you know? Can you show me a text for that? Yeah. If, if you're a member, a part of some church that gives prophecies once a month or every Sunday and Wednesday, Ask them to show you a text for that. And also, please. And also, the Bible gives a very specific qualification. If it don't come true, they're a false prophet. You don't need to hang out with false prophets. Yep. Flee, run, go, get out. Find a place that teaches the Bible. Yep. So, yep. So if you don't know where to look, message us. We'll, yeah, help, we'll you. help you find somewhere. We got some friends. I got friends all across the country. We'll help you find That's a place not to go. Low places. Yeah. <laughs> so don't blame it all on our roots. We always right. show up in boots. We're from Mississippi and Alabama. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, you know, and as far as for like STP. Small Town Pilgrims podcast. I think we got some, you know, good ideas about where to go next season. Um, we're going to look at your life, your reformed life, you know. Yeah. We may call it like reformed life plus aliens or something or plus Bigfoot. Who knows? <laughs> the Sasquatch of the IFB. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to look, you know, look at yours. Um I think we're probably going to do a, a series on the solas like you've mentioned. I think that'd be some fun to do and just really kind of look at it. A lot of, um, um, a lot of the reformed almost look at the solas as something small, but if you really look at it, the, the solas are so important. The solas really brought help to bring us out of the word of faith and those solas can be a, a good bridge to help those come out because it's hard to deny the solas, yeah. you know, so we're going to do a series on that probably. Hopefully uh, brother James will be able to stick with us. Um, 
you know, as long as his previous, his other, you know, responsibilities don't come in the way. I hope he stays with us. Um, we've been planning a, um, some interviews with one of our good friends. Um, he's told me we need to just put it on the calendar and do it. So we're going to do that. You know, just talk about with uh, one of our good pastor friends, somebody I consider as a mentor pastor, um, just go into a, a good conversation with him. Yeah. Even if he, you know, even if we don't agree on everything, I, I would love to have a good robust conversation on some things. So I think STP has got a, a bright future. Y'all keep listening, keep sharing. Tell your friends. <laughs> if you have any, if you don't, <laughs> you don't, you're Jesse. Show your mom. <laughs> hey mom check out this podcast <laughs> as you come out of the basement in socks <laughs> only um <laughs> but, but yeah um but look guys we uh we enjoy doing this we enjoy we hope we hope that we're helping i would say that's that's probably the main thing is just the hope that we're helping and um making it you know, easier on you to, to see the truth and to find the truth. Yeah. And to show you that you don't have to be a graduate of the seminary to know what you're talking about. No. To believe the Bible. Sure. To talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not that we, we're definitely not going to downplay seminaries because no. some of them are doing great work. Some of them are not. Some of them are doing really great work. And, you know, a lot of people who have seminary degrees are good, solid people who just want to help others learn too. So, and that's a great thing, but not all of us can go to seminary and the word of God is available to all of us and we need to study it and do our best to show ourselves approved. Yep. All right. You got anything else you want to share with them before we get off this piece? No, that's it. All right. Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode. Um, stay tuned next week. Hopefully we'll be beginning uh, season two soon. Um, but y'all just stay tuned and we hope God blesses you this week. If you love what you hear, like, subscribe, and give us a rating. Also, share this episode with your friends keep up with all that small town pilgrims is doing on social media like us on facebook at small town pilgrims follow us on instagram and twitter at small town pilgrims what a coincidence that they're the same yeah subscribe to our youtube channel if you have any questions or suggestions get your own podcast (laughs) or email us at smalltownpilgrims at gmail.com and now the lord bless you and keep you The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.